listening to the Joe Mays and Jay Raff Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. The Big Ten Championship lies on a measurement. Did he get it? No! He didn't get it! Penn State holds! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they've brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten Champions. And the NFL. 116 to go, 41 yards. Cardona to out. How about the drive to go close it out? You see Tom Brady. Enjoy him, folks. You're never, ever going to see it again. Not in our lifetime. Nope. So here's Zerline, part one, 48 yards. And we'll end it. No good. The rain continues. Yes, it does. They've got to snap it one more time. The ball will end up in the hands of Tom Brady on the kneel down. And there it is. The dynasty continues. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffa. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joe Mays and j Show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Um, you know, we, we talked about an important one last week, but we get to the best one this week. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been ramping up for this. So. I mean, you would think I would have something poignant to say about that and disagreement and back that up with facts, but I can't disagree really because it's been tough to talk about my team for the last 20 years. and Which we well, established last week. Right. We talked about that kind of at length last week, but... We for sure know that someone disagrees with you, and uh, unfortunately, he has uh, multiple uh, Lombardi trophies nearby that would uh, say otherwise, but we know what you mean, and that's because, well, NFC East is the driving force to, I mean, let's face it, like, we love baseball, but NFL football is just king amongst it's any different. and everything. It's you know, just the majority of people, especially those that are into sports, at least in the United States and especially this part right. of the country, NFL reigns supreme. And especially when it comes to our location, the Eagles are, you know, it's a it's a big deal. But then right. you also have the contrarians and the random fans of the three other teams in the NFC East, like the primarily people that, the people that are wrong. Like, you, you can say it, people that are wrong. There are Eagles fans, and then there are wrong fans. Yes. Lots of Cowboys fans in the area, lots of Giants fans in the area, and lots of Redskins fans in the area. So the NFC East takes the cake when it comes to discussions on this show. You know, we like to make... We like to have discussions about the AFC East with my Dolphins and then my uncle's Patriots, uh, as well as the AFC North AFC with your, North your mom's Ravens, Ravens, you know, my, and well, you, you and, and my Steelers. part of our families with Steelers. Yeah. 
and uh, Joe with the Browns. So yeah. like we get a lot of discussion uh, when we get those three divisions are the biggest ones here. But NFC East definitely probably takes the cake. And that's where we are tonight. It's the last division we're going to talk about. And then we get to talk about the NFC playoffs and finally our uh, Super Bowl predictions. <sighs> and, you know, it's only July 14th here. And training camps, you know, are still about a week away, I think, for the, uh, you know, at least the teams that have new head coaches or are playing in the Hall of Fame game. They're going to be reporting in the next week or so, and then another 10 days to, to two weeks for sure. That's when everything gets real, because I believe the first, is the Hall of Fame game like August 3rd or 4th? I think it is, yeah. yeah. So we're not yeah, that far teams, away. Some of the teams... I don't know if some of the teams might report this week, the Hall of Fame teams. That's what I mean. Like within the week, I believe we're uh, we're going to be at that point. So like, uh, yeah, usually um, next week, I usually remember this just because around my birthday, there's usually you're starting to read news about like the beginnings of training camps and things like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, this is... uh... This is the time. This is the end of the the calm season. You know, this right. is the, the calm before the storm. Right. So we're We've looking at all the pregame festivities and teams are lining up to kick off. That, that's what's going to happen here. <laughs> um, so the Hall of Fame game is coming up. Um, Bears Ravens is that is that one? No, sorry, Falcons Broncos. Bears, Looking Ravens at a previous was last year. Was last year. Yeah. Falcons Broncos are the 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame game. So that'll be a lot of fun and. This is the last normal Hall of Fame uh, enshrinement, or I should say they're taking a break from the normal enshrinement and Hall of Fame selection process for the centennial selection that will be announced in February. They're inducting, I believe, more players in like the senior category or whatever they're yeah. inducting a like I, I believe they're taking like a, a, as many as like 20 or something like that from uh, you know players and past players that have eligibility is exhaust and then there's like that dead period and then right. they're eligible again right. well they're going to take a larger pool of those players and contributors because to I, mark the to kind of conclude the 100th season the 100th anniversary the of the nfl it's a tricky thing because in one way you are there based on how you were compared to everyone else you know like the, there is certainly a degree of that because that is literally what the sport is about like how do you compete how do you fare against your your peers, you know? Right. However, there is some flaw in the selection process that creates a situation where players aren't getting in not based on their merits, but like based on things that I, I don't know, it's hard to explain because I, I mean I guess it's not saying that there aren't other worthy players, but like you're co- trying to compare worthiness of players in completely different ways you right. know like how do you compare the worthiness of an offensive tackle let's change it even more an offensive guard like but maybe they're the best guard right versus a great wide receiver who is never the best at their position at that time you know like I don't know how you do that. And I know how they do it here. There's selections and you have to be nominated. And like basically guys stand up at the meeting that they have and they like vouch for you, you know, like they make the case for you. Um, And while that's cool and there are parts, cool parts to that, I just, you know, 
I don't know. I feel like that can create this backlog and players who deserve, especially some in that senior category that may deserve to get in, especially reflecting back a little bit more. I'm kind of glad to see that they're going to try and maybe just like reset. You know how like when you use like the the balance, the electronic balance, and you have to zero it, you know, like, yeah. like we've used it a bunch. We just need to zero it again to kind of reset so that we can uh, kind of move forward. And, and I think sometimes you gain perspective on some of those careers, even as the game has changed. And so that can, it, it, it's good to kind of give those guys their due. Even Absolutely. if it's past the time when it might have yeah. been better to give them. I, I completely agree. It's be- better late than never, exactly. but that sometimes that's that's how it works. So for those of you that may be wondering, normally a class has eight. Okay, a Hall of Fame class is filled with eight guys, five modern, and then there's usually three of those that have exhausted eligibility from when they were younger. And you know the senior committee elects them, so you get five and three. But they're changing that. They're going to keep the five modern players, but then they're adding fifteen. Uh, of those that may have passed that mark or are part of that senior committee now. Um, and the, this article here says that uh, five normal modern era players elected from 15 finalists. So they take five of the 15 and then there'll be 10 seniors, three contributors and two coaches. So they're going to elib- eliminate the backlog of coaches, the backlog of contributors that may have not been, you know, players in the league. And then they'll no. you'll get 10 senior players though. Uh, contributors and coaches can still be involved. It's only players that have to be removed from the game five years, correct? I, I think so. And I know it's different in this category, but like, I feel like maybe it's unwritten. You know, I don't, I don't know. But so the eight members being inducted in about three weeks are Champ Bailey, former Broncos, right? Broncos owner, yeah, Pat Bolin, who yeah. just passed away. Yeah. But personnel to be clear was probably not in a condition to be at right. His health had deteriorated. Personnel exec Gil Brandt, tight end Tony Gonzalez, cornerback Ty Law, safety Ed Reed, safety Johnny Robinson, who I believe is the senior, um, the senior um, member that is being inducted this year, and center Kevin Mawai. And each year now, the Hall of Fame makes me feel (laughs) older and older because. I mean, Champ Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, Ty Law, and Ed Reed, and Kevin Mawai were all big-time players in the 2000s. It's not the guys who I remember, like, in the prime of their career when I was really little. You know, like, that's what the Hall of Fame was for a long time. Like, these were the great players when I was really little. No, these are the great players now when I was, like, in college. Yeah. Like, and out of college. I made reference to the fact that someone asked me a question about – when I grew my hair out today, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that would have been like 2003. I was like 16 years ago. And they looked at like, no. They're like, I'm what? Like, yeah, 16 <laughs> years ago. Wow. And yeah. I was laughing but crying on the inside at that point. Should we find a picture of that and no, broadcast right that not for right everyone? We're, we're good. <laughs> we're good. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's not delay any longer because we're obviously going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, these teams, especially probably two of them. One for sure, but yeah. I'm guessing. I feel like there's one we're not going to talk a lot about, one that we'll talk a decent amount, and then two that there's plenty to say about. Yeah, absolutely. So NFC East, I don't know if we have to remind you, but we will. Last year, the Cowboys were NFC East champions. At ten and six, mm-hmm. they beat the Seahawks in the playoffs and then lost to the Rams. The uh, Eagles had won it the previous year, 
Cowboys before that, Redskins before that, Cowboys before that. So I believe Justin pointed this out before we went on the air. And then I mentioned, I think we say this every year, but I think it's worth noting that no team has won back-to-back division titles since the Eagles won four in a row from 2001 through 2004, also the same times that they made the at least the conference championship. Right. So the NFC East has been struck by a bit of parity, at least in division champions. Uh, after the Eagles won it in 04, went Giants, back to the Eagles, then the Cowboys, then the Giants, then the Cowboys, then the Eagles, then the Giants. <laughs> Redskins, Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Uh, it would You would think it's time for the Giants or Redskins to step up and mm. fill their place after the Cowboys and Eagles combined for the last three. Giants haven't won it since 2011. Not by far, not the worst of uh, of divisions we've seen. No, no. Some dating back to what the 90s, I believe, were yeah, the last I division think, titles yeah. for a few teams. So the NFC East, you know, is an up and down division. Sometimes they're the best division in football. Sometimes they're the division with a lot of good teams, but maybe no great team. Yeah. I, Sometimes I they like have that's... an incredible team and some really bad teams. Right, right. I feel like. Yeah, it's usually that kind of dichotomy there. They, there's usually a team that's either really good and then some like average to below average teams. Um, but some years they also like are all good, but not necessarily a great team. And I feel like I feel like that's kind of where they were. Maybe not at all of them. Sorry, that's clearly not true last year. But um, last year I felt like they had some good teams, but they didn't. They didn't have a great team last last year. So. So, well, where do we want to start with this? Let's start with fourth place. You want to, all right, we're going to start at the bottom, fourth place in the NFC East for the 2019 NFL season. Do you want me to go first or do you want to jump in? Doesn't matter. All right, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I know who I'm picking. So I okay, know. that's fine. Uh, I'm, I think I I'm going to go. I say that because I don't go. always know. <laughs> well, no, and, and I... Going into this, I knew, but now I'm just trying to make sure I'm okay with it before it gets put out there and my uncle writes it down in his notebook so that he can come back and let us know when we uh, try to sneak one past the listeners because we clearly are that deviant. I'm going to go with the Redskins, I think. Okay. Maybe a bit of a surprise. I still think there's a lot of people that assume the Giants are going to be the last place team after two down years, one that led the Saquon Barkley, and then last year, one that didn't, you know, they didn't get that much better, uh, but they went 5-11, and 11, which two wins better. Uh, I think with, even with the possibility of Eli Manning still starting and playing the entire year this year. Not a chance that happens. <laughs> I still think there's a possibility that the Giants could improve on that record. I, I don't think they're going to get worse. And Saquon Barkley, after one year, looks to be living up to the draft hype and everything going into the 2018 season. He met expectations. I mean, he was the offensive rookie of the year. You can't do any better as a rookie. He, he reached the pinnacle for his first season. And I expect more from him this year. I expect the Giants to use him better this year. Mm -hmm. It's amazing sometimes that they kind of forgot he was there. Other times they went to him a lot. 
Uh, and like then there were moments. The Eagles. There were moments that and they didn't use him. He had like two touches in the second half of a game where they were beating the Eagles at halftime. So it's a little mind-boggling. But I mean, Saquon Barkley, like this says here, he won Pepsi Rookie of the Year, FedEx Ground NFL Player of the Year. He was the AP NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was part of the Pro Professional Football Writers Association All Rookie Team and the AP All Rookie Teams. Did he miss out on anything? He and. There was so much hype going into it, and I wanted him to live up to it. I'm so know, happy that he did, even though I know it pains you that it's doing yes, it for the Giants. But, like but. Last year was the perfect scenario. <laughs> Saquon was incredible. Giants were terrible. That's <laughs> all I could ask ding, for. Ding, 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 that is everything I could ask for from a Giants season is he did great. The team was awful. Sign me up for more of that, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, a lot was ma- is going to be made about them trading Odell Beckham and Olivier Vernon to Cleveland, getting Peppers and Zeitler in return, plus the draft pick. I-, I understand Beckham is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but he also is a unique player, and that has positive and negatives. And as much as I think it could hurt the Giants, and that's where everyone's going to go, I'm not going to say it makes them better, but I don't think it's going to hurt them as much as people expect it to. I, you know, I, obviously, Golden Tate is not Odell Beckham. Right. But, so, it, you know, you're bringing in an experienced guy that's been in the league. He knows what he can, what can he can do. And I just I, I just think the Giants are going to be okay. I think they, they have another year. They learned, even though they should have known, they learned what Saquon can do. And I think they're going to have a better plan for him this year. I don't think Eli Manning's going to regress to a point where he can't get it done. I don't think we're going to see Daniel Jones, at least not early. Maybe at the point where they're eliminated from the playoffs, maybe we'll see him. But this team went 5-11 and last year, and I don't think they're going to win five or fewer. I think they're going to get one or two more. I could see them going 6-10, and maybe 7-9, and and I think the sole reason for that is going to be uh, Saquon Barkley. Right, so... I'm I'm a little split here because when when talking about the Giants, so I feel like when we talked about the Steelers, I kept saying like, yeah, I think they're better off without Antonio Brown, not necessarily from a talent standpoint, but from a team cohesive together one mission kind of standpoint. Um, however, when we get to talking about the Giants. <laughs> I, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, they shouldn't have traded the guy who not the same as Antonio Brown. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Odell showed up. He he played. He he did. Honestly, he kept his mouth relatively quiet when he was in that contract situation. Unlike Antonio Brown, like, yeah. well, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I feel like. I don't know. I thought so. Again, I thought I had my mind made up, and then as you're making your case for why the Giants aren't going to finish last, I feel like I was making my case for why they are. I was going to pick the Redskins, um, and honestly, I think I am going to pick the Redskins as four. But Which I, my uncle points out we're supposed to be talking Washington right so now. <laughs> I am going to pick the Giants as four. The sorry, the Redskins is four. I'll, but we'll for, get to, on, we'll get on, to the Redskins. On to the Giants. On to the Giants. I, I have them at three. I'll put him in third place. Um, I I think the quarterback thing's still a big deal because I think Eli 
isn't going to be able to get it done. I, I think the Saquon Barkley is huge and they are going to use him better and everything. But when I look at, we, we've done this with some of the others, other teams we've talked about. Yes, you have Golden Tate. You have but a lot of cast-offs. I don't know. Well, that Sterling you have... Shepard's, I think, a decent guy there. Yeah. I think Tate Shepard... But Sterling Shepard couldn't catch the ball last year, and that was part of the problem <laughs> every year is he can't catch. Um, See, I, th- I don't think Tate Shepard, Lattimore, Coleman is that bad of a foursome. I don't think it is either, but I feel like it's all guys, other than Golden Tate, it's all guys that were cast-offs. Are threes um, or fours. Right. They're not, they don't even have... A Golden Tate's a two. I feel like Tate's a two, Shepard's a three, and Lattimore and Coleman are fours. Saquon Barkley's arguably your best, best wide re- receiver. <laughs> or your best receiver. And he's your best running back. Yeah. And depending on the game, maybe your best throw passer of the ball, too. But um, I think the quarterback is still a big issue. Like, you're not going to be able to – they're not going to stretch the field at all. Um. Well, I like I like Ingram and Ellison at tight end. I, do I think too. they made improvements on the offensive line, bringing in Remmers, and, and that's important. And Zeitler in the trade, right? I I love Saquon. I think he's really good. I just don't know what else they have. Like I don't look at this team on the offensive side. I, I know from the playmaker standpoint, I don't think they're better than they were last year. They, and you're picking them third, and you don't think they're better than they were last year, like. Right, but I think I think Washington's. Gonna you think Washington's going to be that bad? I think they're in trouble. Okay, um, I'm going to say Giants in third at six and ten. That's where I'm going to go. I'll put them at six and ten too. Okay. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add about the G men before we go back to our original discussion point? Since I kind of derailed us and you just went with it. Sorry, I'm really interested to see how Saquon does this year because I feel like the skills are there. I don't know that they can. I just feel like I feel like this is going to be when we were watching him his last couple of years at Penn State, where like he'd have amazing plays, he'd have crazy things, but there's only so much you can do when you're getting tackled before you get the ball. Sometimes, you right. know what I mean? Like I feel like that's how he's going to kind of be. So anyway, so back to our number four, yeah. the Washington Redskins, that unfortunate and grisly injury to Alex Smith really changed the fortunes of the Redskins. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they went seven and nine last year. We're fighting for but a playoff right, spot. And it changes the future too. Right. It it really all shifted things from the Redskins possibly pushing for a wild card to completely derailing that possibility now to them being all in on a quarterback. And that quarterback is a guy who fell a little bit in yeah. Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, who only but was at, a one year starter. Right. But at fifteen, I love that pick for the Redskins. Right. Yeah, I don't I mean there was talk of Miami picking him at 13. So for the Redskins to get him at 15, that's seen as a, as a win for them. Uh, they had a, a pretty uh, a name-heavy draft because their next pick was Montez Sweat. Which is not at all surprising for right. the Redskins. Um, from, uh, from Mississippi State. And then to ha- maybe help Haskins, they went in the third round. They got Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. And then uh, Bryce Love, the running back from Stanford, Isn't rounds out their first four picks. I think last week we talked about wherever uh, the kid, the running back from Washington ended up. And this week we talk about where Bryce Love ended up. Like the guys that got more praise in college. Yeah. Like, they got more praise over Saquon in respective years. Um, and... I just remember watching the Rose Bowl and, and they're, you know, they're talking leading up the Rose Bowl about how, 
you know, um, the guy at Washington, I forget his name, but like the running back that was there, you know, is just as good as Saquon. He's just not like featured as much and stuff. Which was the guy that the Dolphins drafted? It might be. That might be why we were talking about. Uh, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. I, um, yeah. No, I, no I'm, I'm not, not going to remember they're his not, name. And same with Bryce Love. Like, I, I like Bryce Love. Like, the, the knock on him for not skipping like a, an exam or something to go to Pac 12 media days, like stuff like that. Like, that's ridiculous. Right. Like, you know, um, I'm I'm very for getting guys out of Stanford. Like it's good to have smart football players, <laughs> um, but like it's just interesting to me when you go back. Saquon has proven that he he is certainly able to get that done. Um, I think the Redskins are in trouble. I, I know they they've lost some in their um, they've lost some of their stuff. Like some of their defensive players, I know they. I think it said they added Haha Clinton Dix in exchange for. They did. They tra- they made a draft pick like, trade and got Haha Clinton Dix. Like that would have been a bigger trade, even just a couple three years, years ago. ago. Um, but I, I still think that that helps them. But it's just one of those where I'm like, eh. Before we go full in on that, I was, let's side, make make another change and talk about that 2017 college football season and the Heisman Trophy and how much of a joke it was that Saquon wasn't even that invited. Made me so angry. Now. I know it goes to the most outstanding player in college. And as we've seen many times, the Heisman Trophy winner has a 50 50 shot, maybe at best, of being an impact star in the NFL. Right. Now, the names that were invited in 2017, well, I mean, one of them, well, really, obviously, because we're talking about them, these players only entering at best their second season in the NFL. And for in Love's case, his, his first. first, we don't know. But, you know, it's just tough to think that what Saquon did in his first year, that he shouldn't have been part of this conversation. I know he was, like, fourth or fifth right. in, in the cutoff or whatever. But, I mean, the first, what, six weeks of the season, it, it was his to lose, basically. Yeah. Then Penn State struggled a little bit, and people kind of cooled, and it ended up being Lamar Jackson, Bryce Love, and Baker Mayfield. And so we'll see what Bryce Love does with the Redskins this year. And we know that Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. But in terms of people saying this is the most pro-ready college player and he was putting up the statistics that he was to know that he wasn't in the Heisman you know, final decision, it's just, it's just kind of weird. And obviously I'm looking at this through blue and white glasses because yeah. I was really upset when he didn't get invited. Right. And like, make that I, I knew he wasn't going to win the Heisman even though I thought he was the best college football player. But to not get invited really kind of made me angry because like, I felt like Bryce Love – Bryce Love put up huge numbers against a couple of bad teams and then had games where he disappeared, you know, like, um, so whatever. Um, but anyway, when, when you look at some of these other things, um, you know, going to the Redskins, I just think, I think they are going to take a step back. I, I think. You're oh, he see, also, he didn't win Doak Walker. Bryce Love did. Right. <laughs> I, I just think when, when you look at the Redskins, I, I'm going to put them at five wins. Okay. Because I don't think so. That's a two-win step right, back. I don't think they're the worst team in the league, but I think they take a step back. I think Haskins very well may be the guy for the future, um, but it's going to take some time uh, just from that lack of experience a little bit. Um, I just I think they take a bit of a step back. And I'm I'm gonna say they're at five wins and and in fourth place. Um, I think you could be looking at 
two coaching changes next season in in the NFC East with both the teams we've talked about so far, the Giants. The Giants win five or six games again. They're not keeping Pat Shermer, are they? And then you're bringing, I, and then you're bringing in a coach with a quarterback. Who I was going to say not. that's the toughest thing though, because you just spent a first round pick on a quarterback. I feel like right. So if they if they're not doing well, you have to play him, right? Because you got to figure out if he's your guy, and you just draft him in the first round. Right. But you also have to figure out if your if your coach can actually make. If you draft the guy in the first round, you clearly think he is the guy, right? That that can that can be your franchise quarterback, which means the coach who is easy to get rid of, right? If if he. Now, all right, we got you your franchise guy. You need to make it happen. Well, if he, if he doesn't make it happen, you know, how long are they going to sit around? I, I just – I think both those teams could be in trouble this year. Is Haskins going to start day one? I don't think so. I think Case Keenum You starts. think – so Case Keenum's here two years removed from taking his Vikings to the NFC Championship game only to get blown out by the Eagles. That's right. But – Never forget. <laughs> so is Keenum going to be the guy? And you think it, it's going to be him and not Haskins? I think he's going to beat Haskins in camp because he's the veteran. Like you have so much, you have such an advantage as a veteran in the NFL over over these college guys, right? Like, um, but Dwayne Haskins beats him in all the physical aspects of it. But right. I think well, this is Keenum, one of those things where if they start two and five. You know, you got to be thinking around the bye. Maybe you see Haskins. Yeah, I just don't. I I don't think Keenum has enough, and I don't think the Redskins have enough for him to kind of keep him at bay the whole season. So you're going to see Haskins. I think you're going to see some electric plays. Um, but I kind of view Haskins in a, in a way, kind of like um, Josh Allen up in uh, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to make some dynamic plays, but there's going to be some learning curve place yeah i the biggest reason that i wasn't a huge fan of his is because i didn't think he had the experience i feel like he needed another year of college i want to i want my quarterback to have played more than a baker's dozens you know worth of games and at at the the highest collegiate level like at ohio state man like you're gonna be developing and you're gonna have a chance to win a national title and you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of things that you're and the guy who it's been like the guy who built you into this quarterback at Ohio State is now the head coach. So like that's not going away, you know. Like I, yeah, I. Who, and this is. But I don't me. blame him. Like you, you are your first round draft pick. Go ahead, go, go ahead and get it. But like I think he could have been. No, I say that. if he gets hurt, you know who knows. But like, I think there's a there. I think there's a lot of upside to Dwayne Haskins. I think he's kind of resetting a little bit by trying to close that gap in the NFL as opposed to trying to close some of those. Uh, gaps in in college last year. But. This isn't me trying to throw shade at Ohio State, though. We obviously love to we do, do that. that. But this is this is me legitimately asking, and this I mean goes. This can be said the same thing about Penn State and the Big Ten at large. Who was the last impact Ohio State quarterback at at quarterback in, in the, the NFL? In the, oh, in the NFL. In, in yeah, the NFL. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. In the NFL, because we see these, especially recently. I mean, going back to well, Terrell Pryor. Well, Dwayne like, Haskins was the first Big Ten quarterback drafted in the first round since Kerry Collins. Since, yeah, in 1995. Because was Brees the first of the second he round or second, second of the he second He was the first pick of the second round, I yeah, believe. Yeah. First or second pick of the second round. So, yeah, I know. It had been a long time since a Big Ten quarterback was, you know, people thought highly enough of, of the player to take him in the first round. Haskins is the first one since 1995 when Kerry Collins was picked fifth by the Panthers. 
So, but like, no, I, I mean, I think about well, it. Like, and you could you could make the argument last year, like, who did he beat? Who did he beat? Like, in terms of like defenses, like I know they rolled that Michigan team, but Michigan got exposed. That was that was bad. Like, but you know, they beat the teams they were supposed to beat last year for the most part, except they got crushed by Purdue. Right. Um, but. So well, there was like, talk there just was talk recently last year that he was going to get benched, like because they weren't do like. I mean, here here's a here's a list of them. So let's see, who was the last good? I I don't even know if I can answer that question, because I recently what I'm thinking of was we went from prior to Braxton Miller who Barrett took over for him, got injured. Cardell Jones, he left early. Now you got Haskins. Like, it hasn't worked out. Their style of play was not conducive to being a good pro quarterback. No, no. But you look before him, what, Troy? was Troy Smith? I mean, he was in the league for a while, but, I mean, he wasn't an impact guy. No. But, I mean, he, he stuck around. Terrell Pryor is now a wide receiver. Is Barrett even in the league? Braxton Miller, I think, is trying to hang on a wide receiver. Cardell Jones, I don't even think, is in the league anymore. You know, I know Joe, Joe Germain stuck out for a while as a backup. Same thing with, right. I think, and Krenzel. Bobby Hoying. <laughs> well, yeah, for, yeah, but you're back into the mid early mid-90s now. these guys were born. And now, now you're back well to before Kirk Herbstreet, who's yeah. better known for his commentary than he is for anything he did in you know the highest level of football. So not a great track record for one of the most prestigious and dominant college football programs in terms of the, the, uh, the most important and biggest position on the football field. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. Um, Cause it, I just don't know what the Redskins are going to do to make them that much better. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're in trouble. I, I have them at five wins. And five wins, again, you're in an interesting spot because you just drafted a quarterback. Is Gruden your guy? You know, not the crazy Gruden. Yeah. <laughs> well, brother? so Keenum, we think, is going to start. Haskins will look to see time. Look at their running backs, though. They get Darius Geis, who back from knee yeah. injury, but also reporting issues right now, I believave yeah. Drafted Bryce Love. Samaji P. Ryan was, you know, a, right. a pick a few years ago that people thought would do good. Oh, they have this guy by the name of Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson, who's had yeah. more than his uh, fair share of carries in the league. Yep. That's a pretty dominant group of running backs, both established and with potential. I agree. So, I, agree. I mean, they, they got to figure it out, though. I mean, I would think P- Peterson's going to be in there at least as the two or three. I don't know if he's going to be the bell cow. They probably hope that it's going to be Darius. Yeah. And maybe you get and a little Bryce Love thrown in there. I think P. Ryan could be on his way out. Yeah. Um, Chris Thompson, he's kind of made it as a great backup guy. So he might stick around if he can contrib- contribute on special teams. But I, I don't dislike the running back stable. But where I do think they might be even worse than the Giants is at wide receiver. Yeah. Because Josh Jackson hasn't done anything yet in the league. No. They drafted Terry McLaurin, which we talked about in the third round. They brought in Brian Quick. You know, he's been hanging out for a few years. Paul Richardson from the Seahawks. Yeah, you're right. Well, like what there's nothing there. Which there's is really hard nothing for a there. rookie So now you're throwing a rookie out there. So sure, at tight end you have Jordan Reed and Verdon Davis, who's obviously nearing the twilight of his career. And Jordan Reed can't but stay Jordan healthy. But Jordan Reed can't stay healthy. So uh, you this better be a ground and pound 
offense because I don't know how much help they're going to be getting yeah. from wide receiver and tight end. No, I agree. Now, I, I do think they have, again, a lot of big names along the offensive line. They brought in Eric Flowers from the Giants. They have Morgan I mean, Moses. Eric Flowers was terrible for the Giants. <laughs> but I said big names. I didn't huh. say, you know, a lot of potential. I said big names. Morgan Moses, Brandon Scherf, Trent Williams. Like, these are guys that were standout collegiate players and high draft picks. Flowers, Moses, Scherf, and Williams. I believe all yeah. first-round draft picks. Yeah. So they have, you know, there's a pedigree there for them to... uh to uh, back up or really run in front of those that stable of backs. And that's probably the best thing that could happen to Keenum and Haskins this year if they can establish a two- or three-headed monster in the backfield and let that offensive line just ground teams into submission because I just don't know that there's going to be too much success through the air. I agree. On defense, you know, they got Jonathan Allen a few years ago in the draft. I, they still have um, – well, we talked about they brought in Sweat, but uh, Ryan Kerrigan, you know, he's a good pass rusher on the outside. Uh, I've always been a fan of Mason Foster and John Bostic, but, you know, I might be in the minority there. Um, is this your boy? Is this your boy right here? Is he on, his, like, his seventh team now? Um, yeah, there he is. Him, Marcus, Marcus Smith. Smith, the the brilliant, brilliant first-round pick. Thanks, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. Um, we talked about Ha Clinton Dix coming over, and they also brought in Landon Collins. And they have Josh Norman. Right. They have Josh Norman. Um, then they got our boy, uh, Troy Apke. We're not yeah. going to overlook him. Uh, DeShazer Everett. And uh, DRC still in the league as well. That's so, crazy. <laughs> I mean, again, there's some names there. Can they? Can Collins and, and Clinton Dix do too much? Is Clinton Dix there? To, I, did they not say that they traded I for him? I thought said they traded a fourth-round pick for him. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh. Did we miss something? I feel like we're missing something there. That, or it's just an oversight. Yeah, he doesn't play for the Redskins anymore. Was he a free agent? Wow, well, I feel like we're really messing this up somehow. I'm, I'm confused by what happened with with Haha. Oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. he he was traded during the season last year. That's oh, what we were oh, missing. Yes, yes, yes. That's what we were missing. Yep. He was traded during the season to Washington. I was okay. Yeah, sorry. We we completely fanned on that. We we definitely messed that up. He then became a free agent and signed with the Bears, which gets him back into the division with the Packers. So yeah, sorry about that. Completely, completely missed that. Uh, it doesn't mention anything about that here. <laughs> So any uh, Wikipedia editors out there need to uh, need to uh, fix that because that's a, a little misleading there. Because I'm thinking Haha was traded in the off season, and he wasn't. He was traded during the season to the Redskins and then left in free agency. So they do not have both Collins and Clinton Dix. They have Landon Collins because Haha Clinton Dix is now gone. But still, names in the secondary potential, but. Is it going to be realized? So, I mean, I I think we're both in agreement that they're either the third or fourth best team in the NFC East. It's just depending on how the the quarterback play plays out between Keenum and Haskins. You know, are they going to be a three or four win team? Or are they going to be a seven or eight win team? I don't really think they're going to be any higher than that. Right. Like 
the thing is, like, I know Haskins has a chip on his shoulder because he went lower than he thought he should, but like, that only does so much. Like, that's great motivation for you personally and everything, but I don't know that he's the guy right now that's going to lift the Redskins into playoff contention given that roster and, and some of the deficiencies that we just talked about. Yeah. So I'm going to have Washington in fourth place at five and 11. Same. Giants third place, six and 10. Yeah. All now, right. Now's where it gets interesting. Here we go. So, you know what two teams are left and this is the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the defending champion. Both teams had some playoff success last year, making it into the divisional round, both winning their wild card games, the Eagles escaping Chicago with that one-point victory. We talked about the Cowboys already. Both teams had close losses in the divisional round to the Saints and Rams, respectively. So, Think about uh, how close you were to an Eagles. Eagles-Cowboys NFC Championship, championship game. game. Yeah, crazy. Especially because yeah. the Eagles should have won that game. Yeah. I mean, the Eagle, Eagles should have won that game, which is even crazier when you think the Saints should have won the next two I was going to say, and the Cowboys probably should have won. If you rush for like 300 yards against the Rams, um, somehow didn't win that one. But Yeah, well, I mean, but I don't think it was as close as the Eagles-Saints game. No, 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 was. I agree. And and um, Alshon Jeffrey shouldn't have dropped that. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a bad one. That was, that was bad. So... I'm going to put this on you okay. first because I'm not quite sure where I'm going. So uh, who do you have in second place? So I'm going to go with the Cowboys in second place. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Here we go. I mean, I've already gotten texts from my dad, which I didn't, I haven't gotten to, uh, to read. Uh, I think, I think they're going to be good. Um, I think, uh, it's going to be interesting. I know uh, there's a lot of talk about having to get, um, you know, um, Dak getting his his deal done because he was not a first round pick, so th- he's entering the last year of his contract, I believe. Um, you know, I I know they lost a, a, a decent number of players. I don't know how much that's really going to hurt them. Cole Beasley was always interesting, but like feel like he was the guy who always stepped up and filled that role, but he was never the guy that was going to lead that wide receiving core. Um, they got, you know, uh, last year when they got Amari Cooper, that turned out to be a, a really good pickup for that them. Was a great pickup for them. Um, creates interesting cap decisions, but not, I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it. Um, at the time, you know, I was on board with, you know, you gave up a first for Amari Cooper, all this stuff, but it is going to be interesting how, they have some interesting cap decisions to kind of uh, make over the next couple of years with Elliot coming up and, and, and things like that. Um, I think they're really good. I, I'm going to put them at 10 wins. That's what they had last year. I, um, I think they won. Yeah, the I'm, I'm going to put them six. at 10 wins. Um, I think they're, they're good. I Offensive line is, is an interesting point. They certainly have a lot of strength there. But I know they had a lot of injuries last year. Um, I know so the Eagles have had injuries the last couple of years on the offensive line too. So like you, you never really know how that's going to play out. They've got some great talent there. Um, I think defensively, I think they still have some liabilities, even though they played well last year. Like defensively, they, they played well. I think they kind of played 
above their level last year a little bit. I think they may even hit that this year. Um, but um, I, I just think I think they're good, and I, I, but I still have them around 10 wins because I, I think, obviously, I think the Eagles are, are going to make strides again this year. Um, I don't. I don't really have like a lot of negative things about the Cowboys. I just think me personally, I think that the Eagles have the tools to, to kind of be higher, even if it's not necessarily like last year, the Cowboys were a bad matchup for the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles are going to get better in the secondary. And I think with some of the experience with all the guys that got the play, they like started like 12 different like secondary guys last year. Um, so that's never a good, good situation. So I, I think the Eagles are going to bounce back. I think the Cowboys are going to be really good. And I think it's going to be interesting with the Eagles as they go down the stretch. Um, I don't necessarily know that the Eagles are going to have a lot more wins. Like I'm not going to pick the Eagles to win like 14 or 15 games or anything like that. Um, but I, I think the Cowboys, 10 wins, maybe get to 11, depending on, especially depending on how the Redskins and Giants seasons go. Like, I think, you know, that could be f- four wins there for both of these teams at the top. It, that's, that's hard to do, but um, I wouldn't put it out of the question, especially uh, with some of the issues at quarterback and, and some other things that are, that are going on there. Hopefully, I, I obviously don't want to see it. I want to be wrong on the high end. Right. Right. For, for yeah. You want to. You want to see under. Hope, you want to hope, see the under, not the over. I hope there's six wins. You know, like <laughs> I hope there's six because that that would be great. But, um, so interesting thing here. Like, obviously, it's not. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's just kind of my my pick. Cowboys win ten games, win one playoff game, lose in the second round. Is Jason Garrett still there next year? I know it's tough. It's tough because people have been calling for Garrett and for a change of pace there for a while, and it just hasn't happened. I I don't know the answer to it. Like I don't know. I am I still flip flopping on what I want to do here because yeah. I feel like every year we've done this in the last you know handful of years. I come down to the NFC East and what I pick is the opposite of what I should have done. There's always two teams. And I believe one year, maybe even last year, the year before I was like, I'm down to, I think Cowboys and Eagles, but I had them one and three and I couldn't figure out, it could have been the giants or someone like that. I didn't know where I was going to place them. And I'm sitting here right now doing the same thing. What am I going to do with the Cowboys and the Eagles with you putting Cowboys at two and the Eagles at one? I feel like I want to go opposite just to be different with different I, from I'm you sure. because I think they're very close. I think this is I a agree. one and two team race. Cowboys won it last year with the team with the conference or the division always of, bouncing back it, and forth. You know, maybe I lean towards the Eagles a little bit, but the way I look at it, I feel as though the Cowboys may be less spectacular and have a lower ceiling. But I also think right now they might be the safer bet. I, I I think that's a good way to put it. Like I I think there might because be because there might be a higher floor for the Cowboys, but there's also a lower. Ceiling. I feel like the might. Cowboys are destined to go between. I would say the highest probability between eight and ten, with a, maybe a, a floor of 
it, at in the worst case scenario six, but maybe likely more likely seven. But I also don't know that I can give them a high probability of getting to eleven or higher. I feel like they're, you know, a a nine ten win team, and if things fall really well, I think they can get to eleven. Whereas I think the Eagles, if things really click, they could be a twelve win team, maybe even right. a thirteen win team. Right. But there's, I feel there's a lot more question marks with I, the I Eagles, and I think that the one that popped up right there. <laughs> I think the floor that could the floor could fall from under them, and they could win like five games. That's, no, I agree. Uh, that's that's where I'm going with this uh, Philadelphia Dallas thing right now. So I think just to be different, I'm going to say Eagles two, Cowboys one. And since you just talked about Dallas, I'll talk about Dallas. I think, especially because of the market we're in and the people I know, I feel Dak Prescott is incredibly underrated and undervalued. When you look I back agree. to his um, quarterback efficiency and offensive production when they acquired Amari Cooper, he was a top five quarterback in at least the NFC. Yeah. Maybe not in the NFL, but in the NFC. And that's what you need when it comes to playoff time. Now, they weren't able to get it done against the Rams, but the Rams are the team that were represented the conference but in they, the Super but Bowl. they also got really close to that magic number we talked about. They scored 22, I believe. We always talk right. about 23. And so that was number. more a defensive uh, right, like letdown. You give up 30, yeah, it's, that's going to be tough to win. Obviously, at running back, looking at the guy, Cowboys have the clear edge. Yeah. Now, I think there could be some big things and a surprise in Philly this year, but Ezekiel Elliott is the uh, premier talent. Yeah. Like let me put it this way. If, if Miles Sanders ends up being even in the same discussion as Ezekiel Elliott, that is a huge plus for the Eagles. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and honestly, I wasn't even talking about Miles Sanders. I was talking about Jordan Howard. Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) So, but I mean, I would love to see Miles do it as a Penn state guy. That would be great. And I think those two additions for the Eagles is great. I say that meaning like I expect, like just to be clear, <laughs> I expect Ezekiel Elliott to be the class of the running backs of these two teams. I still think Saquon's the best running back in the in the division. No, I, I don't disagree with you there. Forget that. Best running back in football. He's probably okay. the best running back in the NFL, at least all the round. Like you yeah. might say this guy's a better runner. But I'm not sure you can say there's a better runner no. and pass catcher. In the I would NFL. not take another running back. No, over it, if someone right now, and obviously age is in the equation, is like pick your running back. I'm picking Saquon every time. Yeah, every, and like every. no question. And I also think the Eagles have a better stable of running backs. But right. in terms of numbers, who is the clear best cut number the one oh, and the absolutely. best of of the these two teams? It's Elliott. Wide receiver, I think, is interesting between the two teams. I like uh, a combination of Cooper, Austin. They brought in Randall Cobb, and they still got Michael Gallup and Alan Hearns. I think that's a pretty good five-sum right there that they got. They do. Those five guys are – I mean, they're not the best in the league, but I also don't think they're below average. They're good enough. You're not going to look at it. I would say they're – wide receivers are holding them back like we have for a number of teams, not just in this division. Exactly. I would say at worst they're an above-average group of wide receivers. Now, you know, if you say, okay, only take the top three, well, Cooper is – Re- reinserted himself into the conversations for a number one he's after one. his performance yeah, last absolutely. year. Absolutely, he's a one. You know, is is there a true number two there? I mean, it was Randall Cobb at a time. Yeah. I'm not sure it is now. Same, same thing with you, I was Austin. Say, See, and, I was and Alan say the same thing with Alan Hearns. Like all like, these guys have the potential or have been there in the past. If Cobb can take on that role, and then you have Austin or Hearns as your three, that that's a good that's a good that group is, right there. That is and offensive line, you know, we've mentioned it. They stay healthy. They're, they're if, I mean, they didn't play with Travis Frederick at all last year. No, 
now he's back. I, I mean, it looks that he's going yes. to be back. You have Zach Martin, who at one time was the best guard in the league. There's someone in Indianapolis now that is a also a member of the uh, same university right. that has something to say about that yeah, now. Yeah, they've been pumping out. They've been pumping out those interior linemen. All pro linemen. Like, from the first snap. Yeah. But you're... You have Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. Cameron Fleming's there as a backup. They just drafted Connor McGovern in the third round as an interior guy who could step in for uh, Travis Frederick or could win the second guard's job if he can beat out Xavier Suofilo or Connor Williams. Right. So, I mean, the offensive line, maybe not at the peak it was a few years ago, but still a top five oh, unit. Oh, absolutely. And when you got Prescott back there with Elliott and now that receivers, I mean, the offense should be putting up 24 plus points a game yeah that that like that's what i and then well if they don't get to that is it garrett and his staff like that's what you that's what jerry jones needs to be yes, considering it is because on paper and what they've produced on the field in the last few years this team should be a top eight offense well, let, let's look at it dak second half of last year arguably pro bowl caliber in the nfc arguably i'm not saying he is but arguably Ezekiel Elliott, Pro Bowl running back. Wide receiver, Amari Cooper, second half of last year, absolutely. Now, you don't have others there, but you look um, interesting that they have Jason Witten back. <laughs> but, right, yeah. We didn't even talk about the tight ends. So, uh, yeah, so Witten back, which is interesting. Can he, you know, shake off the rust after one year away? Time will tell. And, I mean, maybe he just comes back in. And sometimes you just need the guy who isn't the freak athlete or at the peak of his athletic performance, but just is a stabilizing force and a leader. And yeah. Witten was that. Oh, so the Cowboys won the division without him. Now with him back and the guys that are, are uh, on that offensive team, they could be poised for bigger Here's things. Here's one of the things, though, with leaders, and I don't know. Like, I'm not saying this is what I – it's interesting, though, when, when a guy is out and then comes back. Like, he didn't come back last year. If he came back last year, like, he didn't really miss anything. But he missed, like, there's a lot, like, this team has a lot of different people on it than it did the last time Jason Witten was on this team. Like, how does that leadership kind of go? Like, Dak, Dak is a different player now than he was when Jason Witten was still there. Like, he, you know, how does that influence, and it's more of a question than a, than a statement, but, like, how does that dynamic play? Like, is... Is Jason Witten your your leader on offense, or is Dak your leader on offense? Because we know it's not Zeke. Like he, he's, yeah, he's your best player on offense, but your leader is either Dak or Jason Witten, right? Like absolutely. And I, I mean, I just unless think one it's of the linemen interesting, steps up. like right, yeah. Like, Generally speaking, though, it's going to be the quarterback or a skill guy. The linemen don't usually. And I, uh, I don't jump believe into Jason Witten is like a distraction in that sense at all. Like that's not. Jason Witten is a perfect example of those guys that I can't stand because he plays for the Cowboys. But, like, everything you hear, we talked about this the other week, too. Like, everything you hear, you're like, man, I, I like him. Right. Like, <laughs> well, let's look at the reason maybe the Cowboys didn't make it to the NFC Championship last year, and that's their defense. Do they have enough to supplement what the offense can do? Because you mentioned they scored 22 against the Rams, but they gave up 30. Right. Now, I feel like they've got some. They have. They have I mean, they playmakers. Well, they signed Demarcus Lawrence to a five-year deal, so they got the edge pass rush because they have a guy opposite him that needs to make some noise in Taco Charlton, who's on the uh, the the name Hall of Fame. But who do they have on the inside? So they brought in Robert Quinn from the Dolphins, who was a cast off from the Rams. But 
do they have enough on the inside? That's my concern. Well, so like Tyron Crawford is a great hybrid guy, but I'm not sure they have the defensive line to match Demarcus Lawrence's right. talent. Right. Well, and like I think it was Demarcus Lawrence that like made the, the sent out the tweet, you know, something about like the richer they are, the harder they fall, or something like that, or the more fun it is to like sack them or something like that. When Wentz signed his extension, and people were quick to point out that in his career. Demarcus Lawrence, I think, has zero sacks against the Eagles when they're playing. <laughs> yeah, Eagles. So, I did like, see that. Um, like, fair enough. He's he he deserved the extension, though. He he is he's a game changer there. Um, I agree. Like they they've got some dynamic guys there, but like it takes more than just some of the dynamic. You need guys more than one sacks. Um, yeah, need so you need someone else to step up. up. Middle. Now that being said, they've got guys at linebacker that played outstanding last year, and yeah. that can. That is an interesting thing when you're pairing it up with, especially the interior defensive line. But like, you know, Sean Lee has is kind of like maybe the the, the mentor kind of guy at this point. He's and still one of the defensive leaders there, even yes. if his snaps have been reduced because right. of the but emergence Smith, of Leighton Vander Esch. Jalen Smith has done great things there, um, and th- that was good to see too. The, you know, the guy oh, gets absolutely hurt yeah. in his bowl game, like one of those serious serious knee injuries. Um, nerve issues, all that stuff comes back and was was a, played really well. Last Cowboys year. took him in the second round, I believe. Yeah, Leighton Van Der Esch gave was him a red shirt. beast last year. Absolute um, beast. Now, again, I think Jalen Smith is on the rise. I look at a guy like Leighton Van Der Esch, and he's very good, but like it's more of a known now. Like I don't know that he's going to be better than he was last year. You yeah. know, like I and again. I just don't know that he's going to be better than last year. I'm not saying like he can't be better. Like he was really young. Like he's going to get better. But I just think, you know, it, it's just something interesting to consider. And then in the secondary, again, like other places on defense, they have some guys that can make plays. I don't know that they're all that great all the way across. Again, I, I say all these things like looking for reasons to like talk about like some areas where they're not as strong, but. They're really good. Like I, they're going to be good. I think they're a playoff team. I just, I'm not picking them to win the division. I think on offense at nearly every position, they're at least above average, if not good to very good. Yeah, I would agree. I, and even like offensive line, you could say borderline great. Yeah. Defense, though, I have questions about their defensive line, especially interior. I think they're okay at linebacker, but I'm not a huge fan of the secondary. Have, I think they have two really good linebackers, but right, most teams are going to be playing three or four, depending on well, depending on the sub packages right, and what, right. what the offense you're facing. But I, I think their biggest drawback is I don't know that they have enough. Excuse me, in the secondary, I agree. And in a passing league, that's a problem. Yeah. So if they can right that ship. Uh, they could be very dangerous. And I think they're because of the offensive potential and the players they have across the board there. I don't anticipate offensive struggles. Defense could be hit or miss. So I, I'm still going to give them the edge because I think they're the safer bet. So I'm going to say they're my number one at 10 and six. Okay. So the Eagles I'm put them at my number two at 10 and six. Okay. Well, the Eagles are my number two, obviously, but I'm also going to put them at 10 and six, <laughs> lose on the tiebreaker to the Cowboys. That's what I was going to do, but I'm going to change it. <laughs> so the Cowboys win the division in my scenario, losing the tiebreaker to the Eagles. It may not be, you know, a head to head. It could be something else, but I'll give the Cowboys the slight edge, but I still think the Eagles are very good. They go 10 and six and are second place in 
my estimation. The biggest problem and the question mark that's already been brought up by at least two people, my dad and also my uncle. It's the biggest question. What's going to happen with Carson Wentz? Is he going to be (laughs) pre-injuries? Is he going to be back to the form that we saw for the majority of the 2017 season? Or is it going to be more like last year? Right. And see, that's, I mean, well, and it's by picking them to win the division, I've made it clear what I think. Right. I'm picking. I'm, I think he gets it done this year. Um, I think the team gets it done this year. Um, I think they they realize that they have to protect him. And I don't mean like play it safe. I mean like don't be stupid. You know what I mean? Like um, last year you were looking at, at times where like he was just getting crushed. Like I, I made the reference earlier to like we watched Saquon and they're like, oh, man, he had some negative runs. Yes, when you're getting tackled as you get the ball, <laughs> like, that's not your fault. And I look at some of that with Wentz last year. He was getting hit sometimes, like, when the ball's getting there and the shotgun. Like, that's not his fault necessarily. So I, I just look at some of that. I think we, we've talked about this before. Um, he was nine months removed from ACL surgery. Most people can be back in that time but they're not it should be closer to a year right and now you're going to be 21 months removed from the acl surgery that's a much much better situation right um so i think that's good um the back has has fully healed um yeah i think he's if he can stay healthy which is a huge caveat I, i understand that but if he's healthy, I think he's the best quarterback in the division. And honestly, I think there's like and and that I agree with you on Dak. Like I feel like Dak is undervalued in in uh in Dallas. And not necessarily his own fault. Like I feel like he plays the system there. I feel like I personally place more of that game or the blame on on the offensive like staff and play calling and things than I do on him. Like on the, some of the shortcomings that they've had and some of the lack of dynamic plays that they had at times, not the second half of last year when they gave him a playmaker. Um, I think at his best, I think Wentz is better than Dak, and I think I don't want to say I don't want to say it's not close, but like I think there's they're not like one in one a, you know, like I think went there. I think I believe there is a distant a difference between. And a distance, I guess, too, between where I would rank them at their best. Now, Dak has, in theory, proven it more. You know what I mean? Like, he's had the more consistent. But like you mentioned before, I think Wentz's ceiling is a lot higher. And I think he's starting to put it together, too. Um, I like. I feel like they, they did enough to keep kind of some of the pieces there on defense. I Like I mentioned, they're, they're not going to have the same injury problems in the secondary that they had last year. That's not to say that the secondary is great. But they played a ton of guys in the secondary last year. They were pulling guys off of like other people's practice, practice squads, and, yeah. and they were starting in a week because they were down so many guys. Like so, anything short of starting like double digit different guys in the backfield is is a benefit. Um, they were. They underachieved last year, I feel like, but they had so many things go wrong. I think I I like the pickup of Miles Sanders. I really like that they got him in the second round. Um, I, I I like the things that the Eagles did. 
I think they're going to regroup and take a step up from last year. Um, I was going to pick them at 10 and 6, same as the Cowboys, but win the tiebreaker. I'm going to put them at 11 and 5, just, <laughs> just to be different. So I, I think uh, it, it all comes down to Wentz. And while I don't have them getting to 12 or 13 wins, it's because I'm not confident enough in Wentz staying healthy. I, I can understand that. But I don't think any of their losses are that impactful unless Wentz can't stay healthy because they sure they lost Lodi Nada to retirement. They brought in Malik Jackson. I think that's at least a push, if not an improvement. Because yeah. that's not a knock on Nada. That's just his age. Not you know, a, where I, he is. The Nada that played for the right. Eagles last year. Not like, the one that played in Baltimore, you know, ten years ago. Yeah. And same thing with Chris Long. You lose him, but you bring back Vinnie Curry. Right. Like I think that's that you know I think that's pretty close to a push. Yeah, Long like may probably have the advantage, but I don't think that you're going to see a huge drop off there, especially because they're not necessarily starters; they're rotational guys. Right, right. Same thing with your backup safety and special teams guy. You lose Chris Marigos, but you bring in Andrew Sandejo, who's a starter for the Vikings. Right. You know, so that that those three additions are a big one, and then. They lose Jordan Hicks, but they bring in Zach Brown. Jordan Hicks right. a little bit younger, but Zach Brown brings a speed element that a lot of defenses don't have, and, and the they Eagles crave. need at right. linebacker. So um, they brought back Deshaun Jackson in a trade. I love that too. Uh, they shedded themselves of Michael Bennett. Positive. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Uh, but hey, they brought hey, he, in. He, 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 he did what the Eagles needed him to do last year. Like, yeah, no, he, you're right. He, he, they did. He right. did. He was a mercenary, and that and, and that's that's great. They uh, brought in Jordan Howard for a six round pick, which just blows my which mind. Is incredible. Uh, and then they drafted Miles Sanders in the second round, right. as well as Sharif Miller. Awesome, two Penn Staters. Yeah. Love it. Uh, you know, but Howard and Sanders in that in that running back group, I just think has a lot of a lot of potential there. I mentioned it earlier. I loved getting guys from Stanford in JJ Arcia Ortega or whatever yeah. at wide receiver. I think he could develop or Whiteside. Arcega Whiteside, yeah. Um yeah, I I I like what they have. Again, I'm 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 not gonna say any of these guys are as good as Amari Cooper, but I think like as a as a whole, I think they can be above average in the NFL. Um, and I think that that's key. I think they're the second best wide receiver group in the division. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's that huge of a gap either. Cause I like Jeffrey Jackson's got his role. Aguilar finally got it to click a few years into, into right. it. Uh, Matt and Collins like you just mentioned, our Sega Whiteside is a rookie, right. but people like him, Mac Hounds to show that he can do it. Hey, there's Braxton Miller. Oh, <laughs> we talked and, about earlier. Yeah. Oh, and the undrafted free agent DeAndre Tompkins. That's right. From, uh, That's right. And they also have an incredible, um, really one, two, three punch at tight end with Ertz, yeah. who's one of the best in the league. Goddard, who's already established himself with and them. And a lot of people think he's going to have a breakout year this year. And then Richard Rodgers. Yep. So, uh, tight end group there, advantage Eagles. Their running backs, like I said, the group of running backs rivals that of Washington. Yeah. Like, I would I would expect Howard to be their number one. Yes. Sanders is just brought in, so they're both going to make it. But then you got a group that includes Wendell Smallwood, who does so much on special teams, I'd be shocked to not see him make the roster. Right. But then Josh Adams, Corey Clement, and Donald Pumphrey are there too. Right. I think I feel I, like Pumphrey or Adams is probably an I odd man look, out. I think yeah, I was gonna say you look at that group of Adams, Pumphrey, Clement, and two of them will be back. You right, know, that exactly. And one of them yep. is going to be gone. 
You know, and we talked about the uh, Cowboys offensive line. The Eagles offensive line isn't anything to sneeze at, although they, you know, how much more does Jason Peters have? Not a lot, but <laughs> the Eagles won the Super Bowl without him. Right. Playing in that game, not over the course of the season. Um, and every game last year, he was like taking a break. So. Yeah, right, and they still have Lane Johnson. They still have Jason Kelsey. They brought in Andre Dillard, who was, um, you know, a was highly respected in the NFL draft. People thought that he would go earlier than he did. They have Brandon Brooks. Uh, really they brought back Stefan Wisniewski, mm-hmm. who was a Penn State guy, and they like Vitae. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if they're as prominent as the Cowboys, but they're definitely a strong, strong unit. And I think defensively, a defensive line, I definitely give the Eagles the edge over the Cowboys uh, with Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Graham. They brought in Malik Jackson. They brought back Timmy Tim Jernigan. Jernigan. They drafted Sharif Miller. Miller. They traded for Hassan Ridgeway. They drafted Josh Sweat. So, like, there is a lot of rotational options. And Fletcher Cox remains one of the best in the league. And, so, there, and there's across the board. They've got inside uh, Inside Fletcher and out. Cox is they can play the a better, three. Right. They can play a four. Right. Yeah. So... They, they've got it there. Uh, and depending on how they align their linebackers, I mean, I, I I give the edge to the Cowboys here. Me too. Me too. Because they have a lot of guys that are backup special teamers. They need people to step up. Right. Is it going to be, you know, Bradham, Brown, and Warlow? Yeah, yeah, that's the one question. I think if they find a trio of linebackers, now you got a front seven that is close to dominant. Yeah. But I don't know if they have the linebackers that, that can I, do I agree. It. I agree. However, I think their secondary, if healthy, is definitely better than Dallas is. Right. I agree. Uh, Ronald Darby, Malcolm Jenkins, Sidney Jones, Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills. We talked about Andre, on Andrew Sandejo, and you know we saw Avante Maddox, Maddox get a bunch yeah. of playing time last year. So I, I think the depth there and there was talk the starters are better than like Dallas. Avante Maddox could be pushing for a starting job this year just because of the trial by fire he had last right. year. Right. Well, at like, worst, you're thinking he's a nickel right. or a dime. Well, they were so. talking like he was a guy that might have been like borderline not making the team this year if the team's healthy because they wouldn't have gotten to a chance. Like, but he had to play so much last year that he gained so much experience. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's just interesting. So, all right. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Absolutely. So, let's run through this quickly. Okay. NFC. NFC West. We I, both... I, I picked Seattle. Yes. I went with the Rams, I believe. Yeah. Or did I go Seattle? I'm pretty sure I picked Seattle. <laughs> now I can't remember. I feel like I went with the Rams. Uh, I did not do San Francisco 49ers or Cardinals. So, I feel like I went with the Rams. Then, NFC South, we... I think I went with the Saints, but a step back. Yeah, I definitely had the Saints, too. I think I went with Atlanta. I think you did, too. Then the NFC North. I think I picked the Bears. I believe we went with the Bears. Oh, here we go. Joe went with the Rams. Okay, good. Thank you. I was waiting waiting for confirmation. Yeah, I'm glad (laughs) someone remembers. Yeah, so um, me, it was Rams, Falcons, Bears, Cowboys. Right. And I went, I believe, Seahawks, Saints, Bears, Eagles. My wildcard teams are going to be the Seahawks and Eagles. Okay. I'm going to go with the Rams and Cowboys. Okay. 
Let's see. Who are my top two teams? So we have the, the same NFC? six teams making the playoffs. Oh, we do. Just a little bit, a little tossed around a little bit. So who are the, who's getting my buys, though? Whew, boy, this is suddenly getting very tough. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to have the Rams in there at one or two because I just think they still have too much talent to not, and they should be really mad about the way the Super Bowl went. So I'll say Rams and I'll say Rams and Bears. Okay, I'm gonna one, go. Two. I'm gonna go Eagles and Bears. Okay. Um, I'll say Rams one, Bears two, Cowboys three, Falcons four, and okay. then I'll have Seahawks five and Eagles six. I'm gonna go Eagles. Or sorry, not Eagles. Which means Eagles Cowboys first round right, for me. So so I, I'm going Eagles. Bears is my one two. Okay. Then I'm gonna go um Saints Rams. No, sorry. Yeah. No, sorry, Saints Seahawks. <laughs> I picked the Seahawks. And then I'm gonna go um so Cowboys need, Rams. Okay. So Cowboys are your five. Right. They're playing your four. Who was your four? My four was the Seahawks. So you have Seahawks, Cowboys in the first round, just like last year. I'm gonna pick the Seahawks this time. <laughs> um so, I have Cowboys, Eagles is the three six, and the four five is Falcons, Seahawks. <sighs> Boy, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Cowboys, Seahawks. I'm- so that means I'm gonna go. Rams versus Seahawks and Cowboys versus Bears in my next round. Right. So I I'm gonna pick the Seahawks over the Cowboys, but I'm gonna pick the Rams over the Saints again in a rematch. Ooh, ooh wow. Can you imagine the Rams going back to New Orleans for a play? And then winning game? again? Imagine if there was any time there's a flag against or not a flag against the Rams or a flag against the Saints. Oh my gosh. Yeah, maybe NFL fixing. Like I probably like it's probably impossible for the Rams to win a playoff game in New Orleans this year. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna pick the Rams to beat the Saints in the wild card round and the Seahawks to beat the Cowboys in the wild card round. So that would leave me with um Rams at Eagles, right? And uh Ca- or uh Seahawks at Bears. Yeah. I'm I gonna- have also have no, I have Cowboys at at Bears. I'm going to go Eagles and Bears win those games. Okay. I'm so going to go Bears NFC Championship. Game. I'm going uh Rams over Seahawks. Okay. And I'm going Bears over Cowboys. So mine is Rams Bears. Okay. And I'm going with the Rams again. Okay. I'm flying with the Rams. I'm going to do it. I'm going <laughs> Eagles over Bears in in the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Uh, was it a quadruple doink this time? <laughs> oh. I, I I'd live with that. I'd live with that. So, so that uh, gives me that gives me Rams Colts. Yeah, it gives me Eagles Colts. Wow, or Colts Indianapolis or Eagles. I was gonna say, yeah, don't yeah, we're, we're not allowed yeah, to I call. Made that, I made that worse. You made that worse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so Super Bowl, Rams Colts, Eagles Colts. You're of no shame. You're going to pick the Eagles. No shame. <laughs> I've gone this far. Eagles over the Colts. And uh, Carson wins Super Bowl MVP. 
I'm going to say nothing. Literally nothing would make me happier. <laughs> I'm gonna actually go opposite. I'm gonna take the Colts. I'm gonna go Colts over Rams. If it's if if the Colts are playing the Rams, I am all on the Andrew Luck bandwagon, baby. Come I, on. Uh, I I'm gonna go Colts over Rams, and why not? Like as at this point, you know, I don't know what to think. I feel like there was for a while there was always like I knew like I was like I know who's gonna be like I feel like getting the the conference championships you always could get one team like you always be like you know that one team like it's always the Patriots in the AFC but it's a safe yeah I feel like there was always I I, I think this is could be an interesting year in the NFL I, I think I there's a lot of potential out there for some teams to make some noise I mean I think both of us have picking the Colts in the Super Bowl as some people would think would be crazy yeah, but maybe I, me having the Rams going back you having the Eagles win it all I just uh you have the Rams bucking the trend of teams that lose the Super Bowl. I do, yeah. And maybe well, I'll... Patriots bucked the trend last that's year. That's true. That's true. So How crazy would that be? Because then you had this trend of teams losing the Super Bowl and not even like going Sniffing at close. the background. And <laughs> like, now you, you're saying two teams in a row will win the Super Bowl the year after they lost it. So I have Indianapolis winning the Super Bowl over the oh, Los sorry, Angeles Rams. two years in a row. Uh, I have the Rams losing two be, years I'd in a row. I'd be okay with them losing. But, I mean, they make it back there. I mean, I know, obviously, their their fans, all honestly, three of them, would, would be pretty disappointed. Honestly, but. if the Eagles aren't going to win, I'm I'm okay with, with the Colts winning. Now, I say that, assuming it's not my scenario where they're playing each other. Like, I don't how? Oh, man, I didn't think about this when I picked the Rams, but how great would it have been to Bears-Colts? Frank Reich, Matt Nagy? <laughs> that would be, be pretty crazy. <laughs> we... Uh, We've seen Bears Colts. Yeah, I, I was rooting for the Colts that time too. <laughs> I was rooting for the Bears, John Gilmore, and I was I was in my I was few at, year hating Peyton Manning phase. I was so. I was at your parents' house for the Super Bowl party. <laughs> I don't believe you were there. Like you were up at Penn State. No, no. Oh, yes, yes. You're right. Yeah. You're right. No, because you came in the Peyton Manning jersey when they played the Saints. I believe I I did the the first time too. Yeah. No, I know, but I'm saying I yes. I was thinking I oh, saw okay. you in that, but no, that was wrong because we were I was every, at Penn State for that one. I I believe pretty much everyone was rooting for the Bears, and I show up in my Peyton Manning Colts jersey. Now, to be fair, if if that had happened now, like it would be tough. Like having the having met John and, and stuff like that. Like I don't know that I could have not rooted for him. Your mom's very upset with us because we keep saying this. The the yes. Uh, I'm not even going to spell it out. Colts? <laughs> it's just Indianapolis. It's just Indianapolis. You can't can't say that word. You can't. That's a that's a, a no, five letter see, word that is I've banned. I've gone over this with my mom. When Baltimore lost the right to complain about the Colts leaving, the instant they stole the Browns from Cleveland, like up to that point, like I understand, I understand. It's not cool. Not cool. Not cool. But then you then can't, the go on the other steal, foot, huh? can't go steal a team from somebody else and be like, no, it's not okay when they do it, but it's okay when we do it. Now I'm going to get a phone call and that I'm in trouble. You now. are in trouble. We better end this before uh, you say something else. I'm grounded. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that wraps up our 29 NFL preview. All the predictions are done. Apparently I'm going with uh, Colts over Rams. <laughs> Sorry, Indianapolis over Los Angeles. <laughs> So we'll see how that pans out. That would be my mom's nightmare because she doesn't want to root for my mom like says she never roots for a team from California. 
<laughs> and we'll refuse to root for the Colts. So Indianapolis. So. <laughs> we just keep saying it. <laughs> like that meme. I'm just digging the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, you will not be here for a show next week. Correct. I think I'm planning on having a show. I don't know if it'll be sports or friends related, like the friend group that we had here for that talk about others' topics, but there will be something. So next Sunday evening, tune in for episode 283, topic to be determined. We'll figure that out a little bit later. Um, since you won't be here, happy early birthday. Thank you. Uh, also, uh, well, I'll talk, since I'm having a show next week, I'm not going to say that. I'll wait till next week. Okay. Because I want that. I'll be the day of. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So, I'll just we'll just wait for that one. What popped in my head was what our our buddy Pat said about 35. Don't think of it as halfway to 40. Think of it as seven eighths of the way to 40. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it any better. It makes it funnier though. It does make it funnier. <laughs> so, do you have anything else to add? Anything to say? No. Goodbye. I'll check, <laughs> I'll check in with my dad here quickly before we sign out because uh, I mentioned what he said earlier. Um, well, well, he all the way back at the beginning, he said baseball's over. Bring on Wilson, Penn State, Dallas, and fan- fantasy when I kick his butt. I'm not sure if he, his is me or you. He'll probably say yes. Yeah, I don't know. My my name is on that trophy going to be four times now. So He he, uh, he was glad that Saquon didn't have to worry about the Heisman jinx. Yeah, hey, I'll deal with that. And he also, like I mentioned, he talked about it coming down to Carson Wentz. See, I kind of want I want Saquon, assuming he's on the Giants for his career, which you know for right now, um, I want Saquon to have like the Archie Manning treatment, like Hall of Fame level player on a te- historically bad team, like that's <laughs> like oh, it, that's, <laughs> that's awful. Uh, and then he was just pretty much laughing and covering his mouth and shaking his head and shrugging when you pick the Eagles to go. <laughs> Not only win the division, but then win the Super Bowl. Hey, so. if I'm if I'm going in, I'm I'm going all in. Go birds! Eh. I wish happen. I had that kind of confidence. <laughs> I wouldn't put it as confidence. <laughs> Probably much more arrogance. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that, or at least ignorance. <laughs> So, well, I don't think we have anything else to add. Uh, If we forgot to mention anything, we'll try to correct it next week. But again, we'll have a show. I'll be here with someone, a contingent of other people, or maybe a special guest. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But this wraps up episode 282 of the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. For Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter. And stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRAF.com. The Joe Mays and JRAF Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit JMNJRRadio.com.